podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We call whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Whistleblowers podcast. This is, in theory, a weekly podcast, but it's, uh, quite frankly, gone to pieces over the last few months. But look, we're here now, and we're going to be here next week and the week after until the day that we die. And if not, then, you know, um, write a complaint somewhere. Um, I'm Mark Smith. I'm your host. I'm here with Martin Gritton as ever. Martin, hello. Hello, Mark. Sorry, I was just unmuting myself, which is something annoying that people say all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, nice to be back. And you're right. It has. I think it's the fixture list and football in general has upset us as much as anything. So yeah, um, our loyal listener will 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 be happy to hear us back as, as, as regular as we can give them it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also with us as ever, Gareth Dobson. Hi, Gareth. Um, listen, I'm going to start with you because uh, it's only right and fair. Uh, you're a Spurs fan, famously. Transfer window's finished. How are you feeling about it? Because it seems to me that everybody is seem to be upset about Deli Ali leaving. Do you think you've come out of this net positive or net negative? Deli. Um, it's so hard to say. It's I, I, I miss I think I'm gonna miss the guy. I'm gonna miss the memory of that player uh for the first few years at Spurs who genuinely like he was gonna be a force. Um he's lost his way. I know everyone said that, but it is clearly true. And I think the worrying thing is he's now had enough managers at Spurs that you'd think that someone would have worked out what was happening. So it will be super interesting to see what uh, what Frank Lampard, of all people, can do with a marauding midfielder. Yeah, I mean, on paper, you'd imagine that uh, it could be a match made in heaven, couldn't it? But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, Frank's gone and bought in Delhi, and he's gone for Van der Beek. It's ridiculous. They're quite similar players in that. Is he just getting anyone into the building who can play a similar Lampardian role? I, it's it's really disappointing because I think I would have been much more excited about either of those players if they were signed, you know, in singularity with both of them. It, you know, they did this a few years ago where they signed like three number tens at once, and they suddenly played this really narrow midfield, and none of it worked. And they sold them all, and they bought all these wide forwards. They got Andros Townsend, Damari Gray, and Alex Iwobi and Richarlison. And mm. it's like, what the hell are they doing? But I think that's something that you know Everton fans have been asking. I, I do wonder whether Lampard was told who was coming in, or whether he'd been working with the 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 board on that. Yeah, it's difficult to tell, isn't it? Um, Grits, let's stay on Lampard for a moment then. Um, <sighs> There aren't that many options out there. Rooney ruled himself out of the job quite early on. Um, we had the guy from Porto. I can't remember his name now. The guy from Porto seemed, if anything, overly keen. Um, set on Lampard. What are your initial? Uh, what's your initial reaction to that before we move on to this week's FA Cup games? Massive indifference. Uh, I I'm never a particularly great fan of him as a player. He's not. Uh, well, Lampard. More, he, well, no, sorry, it's a player. That's as a manager, he's not, he's not got a particularly great pedigree. I, I was going to come back to you on that, Mark, about Derby County and how mm. you feel about it, particularly with Rooney. What do you think of Rooney now with all the stuff that we're in? Sorry to flip this on you straight away. No, 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 no. I just thought it was perfect time to do it. Oh, listen, I when Rooney came in at Derby County, I, di- I didn't want him to be the manager at the start. Um, I thought I, I was sort of over the idea of Derby being this training ground for managers we saw it with Lampard I didn't want the same thing to happen with Rooney but Rooney 
it's just an unbelievable job. Like it's not just the way we're performing on the pitch, but it's the way he's handling affairs off it, the way he's dealing with uh, a, a bit of a nightmare situation. Well, a bit of a nightmare, an absolute nightmare situation with the EFL. Disastrous communication from the administrators, and yet Rooney's there. He's still there for whatever reason. I think just out of I don't know some sort of loyalty that you don't really see in football, which is why it's so surprising. Um, if we stay up, I don't think we will because I think we're losing too many players. But if we stay up, there must be a statue for Wayne Rooney. I honestly think it would be a bigger achievement than any of the promotions we've had to the Premier League. Uh, bigger than finishing seventh in 97, 98 under Jim Smith. I think it would be the biggest achievement. It'd certainly be on, on, on a parallel with something like you know, the FA Cup win in the 40s or 50s or whatever it was, all the winning the league in the 70s. I think it'd be that big. So Rooney, I think, is great. I think Everton would have done uh, uh, well to have got him. Having said that, he's got a free hit at Derby. No one expects anything. So there's no there's no expectation. So difficult to say. I, I prefer Rooney to Lampard, but Lampard, um, you know, he's a, he's a bigger name in management at the moment still, and, and I hope he does well. Ever- Everton fans will get some exciting games um, and they'll get quite a lot of defensive naivety. Um, and that's what will make it an exciting game a lot of the time. So, so yeah, so a long, long, long-winded answer for you there, Grits. Hope, hope you can make something of it. No, that's perfect. I totally agree. <laughs> I love the way that Rooney's gone about himself and carried himself with dignity and, and all that he's doing. Look, that this part. isn't a Derby podcast. It should be, but it's not that a Derby part. podcast. Let's talk about the FA Cup this weekend. We all, I think, still love the FA Cup on this podcast, at least. Um, it starts Friday night, Manchester United at home to the dreaded Steve Gibson's <laughs> Middlesbrough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gareth, uh, we talked about transfer deadline very briefly a second ago. Uh, United have basically lost most of their players in this window, most of their players who don't really play very much, they've gone. And on one hand, you could say, well, that's good. You're streamlining the squad. Other players will get minutes. On the other, you must surely think, well, that's their bench depth gone. That's what made them so strong. Well, where, where do you land on this from United? And do you see them having a solid second half of the season? It's, I, I think they, they still can. I mean, the one thing you can't account for are, are injuries and, and maybe suspensions. So I think they'll need a bit of luck. I, most of the players that they have moved on weren't really contributing well to the team. I, I think that was one of the issues they really had is that they have this, this core group of players and when they would bring players in, they, you know, they never seemed to seize their opportunities as much as, you know, I think a lot of people lament people like Donny van der Beek not getting games I don't really see him putting up too many trees when he did, especially, you know, in, in, in Europe and so forth. So I think they'll just feel that they're decluttering a little bit. Um, people like Martial, obviously there was a big issue there. Um, either he or the club were at their wits ends of each other. I'm not sure who. I think, um, I suspect they're keen just to try out some of the younger players um, and see and see where that takes them. And you know, we talked about this, you know, at various points in the in, in the in the pod. That it looks like, you know, Manchester United are a strong team, but very soon they're going to be a team in transition. You know, they've got aging players; they're going to have to start retooling. They've just brought in a new, um, you know, director of football. They're mm-hmm. they're in a position of, of great change. You know, people like Cavani and Ronaldo aren't going to be around for much longer. So, I think now is probably a good time to see where they are and to. You know, test their 
test their squad. It's it's going to be interesting to see how Harry Maguire does, for example. You know, he was a rock solid player. You know, he he's their captain, and then suddenly it looks like that. You know, Ranić isn't necessarily convinced that he's a man for going forward. So yeah, we need. Yeah, to... it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think it's always grit's been difficult for uh, for Ranić coming in because, like we've said before, the players. No, he's only there for a finite amount of time. Um, a lot hinges on whoever they bring in as manager this season, doesn't it? This uh, this summer, sorry. And I, I think Gareth's right. I, I think this is a opportunity for United to have a proper reset and a proper rebuild and bring in someone like Ten Hag or, or Pochettino. Um, as a player, Gritz, were you? What would you have made of having a manager coming in who you know was temporary? Would that have any effect on you at all, or are you just thinking? No, no, I'm a professional footballer. I'm going to turn up, do my best every single time. I it undoubtedly plays on your mind, doesn't it? Because the one thing about a new manager coming in, you constantly have to prove yourself because it's a day in day out thing where the fans understand that you know on a match day you've got to deliver, but day in day out you get found out on the training pitch if you don't put hundred percent. And also psychologically, it can level you because if you're on the outside, you go mm. if you're Phil Jones right now going. I knew my time had come. I knew I would be valued back. And it's insane for us fans on the outside going, how the hell is this guy? Oh, actually, because all he needs to do is have one or two good games. It's like, well, if he's doing a job, you're back in. And you spend all that time building up a good reputation. Same as, you you know, bad reputation can can wipe it in a, you know, in one game or one decision. So, I'd, you know, that is the nature of the beast. That's the what happens when you, you know, when you play football. But, it just shows how cruel it is. I mean, the, who's to say Lingard doesn't suddenly have an emergence the same way that we saw him have? You know, if he focuses on his football for the rest of the season, short window, they need him now. They need him because yeah. of the other situations going on with other players at the club. So it's just right. ridiculous the way that it can pan. Sorry, Gareth, you coming? Sorry, with, with, with Lingard, he, I think he put out on his social yesterday that he's been told by the club to take some time out yeah, to get yeah. his head right. And he's like, well, my head's fine. Yeah, it seems like the club is um, is not happy that he uh, turned out a contract and is 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 running down his contract, and essentially they're punishing him by refusing to let him go out on loan to run down his contract, and they're not going to give him any game time. So, but I think it would have been maybe it, it would have been short sighted to to let him go, given they've let Van der Beek go, given the issues around Greenwood. It makes sense that they wouldn't let him go. But you're right. The the idea that Lingard has to come in and suddenly say on, on Twitter, oh, by the way, guys, I'm, I'm fine. It's not great. I'm available. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's, not, well, it's not good stuff, is it? It's ridiculous. But also, you know, you understand the chess pieces, going, the, the moves that were going on. It's like, you can't let him go to West Ham. You just can't. Because if West Ham then go on a run, simple. Can't really let him go to Spurs. Same situation. And then you're losing the value on him. It's just, a, yeah. it's an absurd situation. I, I, like, as a player, I remember I got loaned out at Christmas time from a team that were top of the league. I went to a team that was bottom and we worked ourselves up to mid-table. Yeah, but we worked ourselves up to mid-table. Well, the team that I'd left, I got sucked right. into the playoffs. After my loan, I would just went back and went, oh, this is going to be tricky for you. Then they were like, no, because you're playing well at the minute. You've got to come in and play for us in the playoffs. I'd go and play. I'd played for six months in this team and I was like, what I'm supposed to care now, and then I was like, "Well, right. it is a short view. It's a short window for me, and it's exactly the same as um, well, not exactly the same as Lingard because he sat it's, at yeah, I get, I get fifty grand a week. But the, yeah. but the mentality behind it, because I was like, "Well, I've got nothing to lose, and Lingard's got nothing to lose, and he when he is a player 
playing f- with that mentality. I think he's as, as good as you can get in his position. He's a top class player. We, yeah, you, you saw that last year at West Ham, and you've seen it in, in plenty of seasons with, with Lingard. Um, Gareth, FA Cup this weekend then, for United, a tricky game at home against Borough. Borough, right on the cusp of the playoff places in the championship. Um, they've got a good side at the minute, Borough. This is this is a, a tricky one for United. If you were a United fan, would you want them to be going full guns here? And you know, given that it's probably the best chance of silverware, or do you think it's time to actually rest rest a few of the first teamers, play the likes of Lingard? I mean, that's not going to happen this time, but you know, similar sort of uh, squad statuses as Lingard. Uh, what's what's your thoughts on it? I I think with. With a cup run, you know, when you're a team who, you know, you have focuses on additional goals, you know, be it Champions League or titles or promotion, you either want to go out early or you, you want to go all the way. The worst thing is when yeah. you hit that middle ground, you play three or four rounds, quarterfinals, you go out and you're like, okay, well, we've played a bunch of games and nothing's happened. So it's, you almost want that situation where he puts out the kids, the full reserves or the strongest team to indicate you know, where they yeah, go yeah. because it's, and I know it's very unromantic and I love the FA Cup and it is fantastic, but there is that sort of sense of inevitability that usually the four or five biggest teams will be pushing for it. I, I, I wonder, you know, it's probably a question for Ranyak. It's like, does he want to say I was there for six months and I picked up some silverware or is he, you know, thinking of this bigger picture where he's like, well, I'm moving upstairs and I want to set the club up and a Champions League spot is more important than... Okay, so what, what does Rannick have to do for you, Gareth, to, to get the job full-time? Because that's not off the table yet. That, that can still happen. No, I, I suspect it's going to be a two-part thing where if he does well enough, if they finish in the top four, he'll be under consideration. And especially if he finishes in the top four and their very short list of managers aren't available. I think they probably have, you know, we, we've mentioned people like um, Tenkate and uh, Pochettino, and I'm not sure how many more options there are. So they may just look Ranić as, well, we can extend you for another year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's such short-termism, isn't it, again? Right, anyway, listen, um, Borough have got a shot in this game, I think. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some other FA Cup games happening this weekend. Welcome back to the Whistleblowers. Um, FA Cup weekend coming up. I mean, let's talk about this quickly, Grits. All those games in the Premier League, all those teams that have played three or four games less than everyone else, Burnley, for example, it's just, why aren't, we having, why aren't teams playing more games this weekend? I don't really understand it. I know Burnley are, but this is an opportunity now. Last weekend was the same, where there just wasn't any football on. They just had this winter break. I don't understand why when teams are having to play catch-up, they don't want a winter break at this point, do they? Is it, is it not? Is it not madness to look at last last week's fixture list and realise this doesn't make any sense? Or am I? Yeah, am I being it doesn't uh, make any sense. Soft here. And it doesn't make any sense to me either. But at the same time, you probably got um, a decision that was come to consensus by the, all the teams, and they said we have to have this weekend off. And then, you know, there's maybe some etiquette going on behind it. I don't know, uh, uh, but it is ridiculous. Which ridiculous. Is another, last weekend, the games season. at all. This weekend is FA Cup, so I think only Burnley are playing in the Premier League this weekend. I mean, they need they need games. They need to catch up. But I just I don't get it. Anyway. Um, other games this weekend happening. Grits, you're involved with uh, one of them, aren't you? Chelsea Plymouth. Yes. Yeah, I'm literally just enjoying watching uh, Thomas Tuchel talk about uh, how he's going to cope with uh, Plymouth Argyle right now. Uh, I think it's uh, 
<laughs> it might be over actually. His press conference started after him. I think he'll be fine. Um, it's a yeah, it's just a lovely one. I saw. Well, I wanted to be at the Plymouth one when they beat Birmingham one 0 I mean, again, grubby sort of um, you know last minute goal. That well, it was a great finish, but at the same time, it's a tough match. Another um, grubby last minute watching, goal. Watching them prep for this, Stephen Schumacher, the Plymouth manager, he inherited the role when uh, Ryan. Uh, Lowe went up to took the Preston job and he's gone from Everton under 11's coach to playing the champions of Europe in four years and he's and he was on the pro course license at St George's Park when he found out they got Chelsea the guys wow. I love him as well he's brilliant and um, all the players all the fans take their shoes off and wave them uh, at him during the match that's their kind of thing with the manager so why hang on why his name's Schumacher sorry his name's Stephen Schumacher I mean listen the shoes off tenuous. okay I like that it's nice though. Um, he was saying, you know, when you play Chelsea, how do you prepare for those games? You just look at them and say they've got world class players, two world class players in every position. So um, it will be more of a day out than anything. If they don't concede early, you've always got your fingers crossed. And as we were saying, early kickoffs in the FA Cup, a little bit of magic about that, isn't there? There is, yeah. And also the early kickoffs, I do find that those. Those games in the Premier League can often be a bit, you know, sort of drab affairs where no one seems to have woken up yet. Well, all it takes is Chelsea not to wake up fully. Plymouth are going to be up, up for this, no matter what time of day they kick off. It could be midnight, they'll be up for it. So who knows if they can hold them up, hold out for a little while. But you know what? The reality is that Chelsea probably score three or four goals. If Plymouth didn't just get one goal, it would just be worth yeah. it. It'd be just completely worth it. Um, what are you doing for that game anyway, Grace? You didn't tell us what that was. Yeah, I'm doing the commentary for uh, the regional uh, BBC, Devon, which I do a lot of games for. So it'd be a nice big day out. Uh, enjoy the Chelsea buffet. For once, friend of the pod, Miguel, uh, uh, says, uh, get there early and take a packed lunchbox and have a Do you remember where we went to, grit, to uh, Chelsea Grits and we were in that posh room? Oh, yeah, you took me to the, you took me to the game. We got, you winding down me at Chelsea. It was yeah, else. and it was like, what was that room called? It was like, um, it was all wooden, wasn't it? And Ken Bates was there. That's right. That's right. Who oh, was, no, like, was it? Um, who was the other one? Meller, David Meller. David Meller was there, yeah. No, and he told me off a few weeks before. I'd, I'd gone in a, for a similar thing, and he told me off for taking photographs at the game. He was like, "We don't do that here." Sorry, was was this in 1997? David Meller. And... It was like <laughs> it might have been. Meller had a Chelsea shirt on and nothing else. Come on, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's carry on. Um, yeah, I mean that was good, though, wasn't it? Good bit it of buffet. Uh, Gareth yeah, Spurs playing. Uh, Proper time, eight o'clock at night on a Saturday. What Very Hollywood strange. stuff? Home to Brighton. Uh, this is going to be a good. This I think this is. I think this is one of the most interesting games of the round. Yeah, in, in terms of, I guess the the bigger teams, it's the tie of the round. I agree. I think you know it's Spurs are obviously playing a lot better under Conte. You know, Brighton. We said a hundred times that uh, should probably get a bit more love for for what they've done in the last few years. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. And, you know, that that's not me. That is me that's sitting on the fence Gareth. a little bit. But <laughs> I, I I think that I think that Spurs will probably win. Conte has a good record in, in, in the Cups. But um, it'll be a fun one. And as strange as it is, having a Saturday night 8 o'clock game is quite exciting. Um, you know, FA Cup under the lights. Although I guess at this point of the year, they're always under the lights, aren't they? Even the three o'clock kickoffs, but um, <laughs> yeah, w- winter, yeah, winter. They're always on the lights, but it's. I don't know if either of the two new signings, uh, Bentaker and uh, Kuliszewski, will be will be involved. Hopefully, so. I think you know, it, Kuliszewski's a very interesting player. Um, what do you know of him? So he is 
you know, he did very well uh, in Syria at Parma. Um, apparently, he's a one of those very sort of dedicated, obsessive footballers. He's a very strong dribbler. He he dribbles a lot of the time. He likes running at players. He's a good left-footed player. Uh, Spurs don't really have any left-footed attackers, so he might well end up playing you know, off the right for a bit of balance and, and cutting in. He's going to be a wing-back. Come on, mate. He's going to be a wing-back, maybe. I mean, it's he looks like he's going to be a backup option or maybe even a long-term replacement for, for Lucas Moura, depending on... You know, how Conte fancy him. You know, Lucas mm. Moura's played very well in great this season since he's come back in. Um, but this is what Moura does. He has sparkling three, four month periods and then he'll just sort of, you know, fade out a little bit. So I think having Kulishevsky in there as an option is is quite exciting. And Ben Kerr is he might just be, you know, another body in midfield. I don't I don't know how good he is. He's obviously decent enough to have been a so you know he plays for the Uruguay national team, and you know he he he's, he was at Juventus. But Spurs were so thin in midfield, especially thin in terms of the sort of players that Conte wanted. You know they've shipped out three central midfielders in the uh, uh, you know as you mentioned in, in the uh, uh, the transfer window. You know Lo Celso and and Ndombele and, and Deli. So they desperately need him. It'll be interesting to see whether he pushes. Probably Ola Skip for a place. Skip's played well, but. Um, I suspect that uh, Ben Kerr has the sort of things that Conte wants. I he's going to run and run and run. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's on skip though, wouldn't it? Because I think he has, he has done well, like you say. Agreed, agreed. It probably ultimately, I think, what it actually is, you know, spells the worst news for is, is for Harry Winks, who has fought very hard to bring himself back into contention. But I suspect he might be the one who drops down the pecking order a little bit. What worries you? Um... About Brighton in this game. Brighton, very, very good side, very well organised, and Potter is magic. I think what worries me most is that they can be incredibly incisive on the counter-attack, um, and Spurs are still learning their formation. They're still, you know, wing-backs can potentially be caught out. So I can see I can see Potter devising a way to, to catch Spurs out a couple of... And, you know, Spurs are not rock-solid at the back. You know, those, the centre-backs are not great. Um, and they usually give up one or two opportunities a game. So I think that Brighton will score and Spurs will have to score at least twice to go through. There we have it. Right, we'll do two more games, then we'll uh, call it a day. Grits, uh, this is my favourite tie of the round. West Ham away at Agbra at Kidderminster Harriers. Um, oh, gosh, this is crazy. This is what it's about. Agbra. Agbra used to be a tiny, tiny ground. Now it's got seats and all sorts. It's quite nice. Um, but Kidderminster Harriers, when I was growing up, they had a bit of a reputation in the FA Cup. They had some some good runs. They had Lee Hughes at the time. They had some really good stuff. This is going to be tough for West Ham. This is going to be a, a tough game. This is, uh, it looks like uh, Mikel Antonio might not be ready for it because he just got back from Jamaica. Um, but they'll have enough, yeah. won't they? Yeah, you'd think so. And it's a it's one of those ones that um, is a chance for those players on the periphery. Um, but games where you're thinking, you're absolutely right. It's a challenge. It's a test because I grew up I like Jared Bowen, who's someone they rely on. I mean, he's going to be on a pitch that's, you know, perhaps not as good as he's used to playing on. He's going to be, you know, tightly marked, close attention, and probably roughed up a little bit, a little yeah. bit of an atmosphere. So, yeah, a shame about Antonio, but I'd say that Moyes is probably looking for reasons not to play him rather than look for reasons to yeah, play him, just right. to give him a proper rest. And, yeah, they should have opened up. But this is a real chance for West Ham. West Ham, if West Ham won the FA Cup, I mean, that would be... Beyond, I'm sat in a stadium now that does not have enough 
you know, recognition for the quality of players that have been over, the, yeah. that have been at this club for all these years. And obviously, this wasn't their original home. So, I mean, they're looking for reasons to to make this, um, you know, make this place more special to them. And I imagine if they won the FA Cup. Yeah, huge. This is the thing about the FA Cup, isn't it? It's still a massive, massive tournament, except for maybe one or two teams that don't really care too much. Liverpool don't seem to, or Klopp certainly doesn't seem to really go for the FA Cup. Um so it's really up to sort of Man City. How how bothered are they? Whereas yeah. for everyone else, it's it's a, this is a huge deal for West Ham. This would be this would change everything for West Ham. This would be an enormous deal. Um, I'm a bit annoyed that this game is at twelve thirty, competing with with the Chelsea one because I feel like I, I, this should be on TV. Really, Kitty against against West Ham. This feels like a you know a traditionalists uh, yeah, pick yeah, of the good. FA Cup, and I think it should be maybe this should be the eight o'clock game really. Um, but it's not right. Let's do uh, one more game. Um, let's talk about East Midlands Derby on Sunday, uh, Forest against Leicester. Um, for any of our listeners who are from the East Midlands, I know that this is it's a pretty big deal. You know, Forest Derby is the big one, um, but then probably Leicester is, is behind them in terms of rivalries. Mm. Uh, Gareth, how much of uh, Forest have you seen this season? Anything at all? Um, not too much. Obviously, I saw the the, the win over Arsenal in the FA Cup, where <laughs> yeah. where they played well did. and. Yeah, it's you know for some reason it's stuck in my mind. Uh, you know they're 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 right outside the the promotion places. They've won uh, a good few games recently in the championship. Um, I I lost track of Forest, but I know they've had a lot of issues with with ownership and you know an incredible turnover of managers over the last few years. So what what have they got right? Well, where why are they looking better? Oh, well, Steve Cooper's in now, and he just looks great. And their run of form since she's come in has been phenomenal. They've got some... I mean, I'm a Derby fan, but I still appreciate good football. They play really good stuff. Um, they've got uh, uh, Brennan Johnson, David Johnson's lad uh, on the wing. He looks absolutely fantastic. They turned down an offer from Brentford for him during the transfer window. Um, James Garner in the middle of the park on loan from United. Um, and then, you know, spent some money, got some good players in, got some good loan players in. They're just a very good side. I mean... You know, I'd be very surprised if they weren't in the playoffs come the end of the season. And I think they're playing against the Leicester side, which has sort of struggled to find any consistency this year. Yes. Um, I think they've surprised us a little bit by how inconsistent they've been, given over the last two or three seasons, they've been, I mean, apart from the last month or so of each season where they go to pieces, they've seemed to have been pretty solid. So this, what, anything can happen in this game. And, and especially given it's FA Cup, East Midlands derby, this, this again, this is a really big time. Most importantly, you know, I, I'm sure Forrest don't need additional motivation, but Leicester are the reigning holders. Of course, yeah. So, to, you know, which, which it's, it's amazing, you know, foot, so much football happens so quickly that, you know, it was genuinely huge when Leicester won the FA Cup. It was a massive thing. It was so exciting. It was, you know, I think it was so pleasing to most fans of, of you know, not Chelsea for them to win it. And then you know it's almost it's almost forgotten. But I just had to I, Google that, Gareth, because I I felt like that that feels like it was five years ago. I know it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you have a European Championships in between, and you know, and Chelsea versus Man City Champions League finals, and and so forth. Yeah. But it's you know that that will be a big deal. You know, it's I I'm sure Leicester, you know, a I'm going to give up this competition easily, but also I'm fairly sure that they'd be very keen not to lose it to Nottingham Forest and. On the flip side, can you imagine if Forest say, well, we knocked out Arsenal, then we knocked out the, uh, holders. the holders. Yeah, huge boost. Anyway, right, we've got to go. Let's hope both those teams lose for the sake of my sanity. Um, <laughs> Gareth, thanks for being here. Anything to plug? 
Um, just a lot of shows at the moment. Griff Reese out in Europe. Snap Dankles are hitting the UK in February and then off to America. I'm off to America for that fancy South by Southwest festival. So Ooh. maybe I'll get to do an international podcast in March. Imagine oh, that. Wow. Uh, Grits, any closing comments from you? No, no, just up the greens tomorrow. All right. Good stuff. Cheers, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. If you like it, tell your friends. Uh, if you don't, just shut the heck up. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.